Wessex LMC's Supporting You and Your Practice. Hello and welcome to another Wessex LMC's podcast. My name is Laura Edwards and I'm one of the medical directors at Wessex LMC's. And today I've got with me Kim Badcock. Hello. Oh, hello, Laura. So Kim has joined us today. She's got over 30 years of experience in general practice nursing and she's come to talk to us uh, today about her work at Denmead Practice near Waterlooville where she's been involved in a project, leading a project in fact called Mission Dementia and the subsequent development of memory cafes and when we heard about this we thought this had both uh, great promise for uh, our new normal eventually uh, when we get back there but also um, potentially that there's something around uh, virtual uh, ways of bringing patients together and perhaps there's something in there that other practices might want to look at um, and think about whether they can do something for their patients um, whilst at the moment they're not able to, to come and do face-to-face -face meetings in a normal way. So Kim thank you so much for joining us today. And do you want to uh, tell us a little bit about the background and, and what you've been doing and how you've been running it? Yeah, okay, so about four years ago, I was struggling to care for my mum who had dementia. And at work, I was doing the dementia reviews for COF and finding it challenging because I didn't really feel they were making a difference. And yet it was obvious there were so many unmet needs from the person with dementia and their carers as well. And it was about this time that Professor Chohan started Mission ABC, and this was a, a one-stop respiratory carousel clinic, which was running in our surgery, looking after our patients. So the patients received investigations and got treatment plans without repeated trips to hospital, and the staff benefited from an invaluable respiratory medicine update. So dementia requires a multidisciplinary approach, so I wondered if it was possible to change the way we delivered our annual review and make it more effective. And um, so we started by dedicating two afternoons to do our reviews and we asked the voluntary agencies for support. Um, all our patients living with dementia in their own home along with their carers were invited and they saw one of the nurses first and they would then took them into our health education room uh, for some refreshments, a chance to talk with each other but also to meet the voluntary agencies. And the support we received from the Alzheimer's Society, the Princess Royal Trust for Carers and the Admiral Nurses, as well as help from our local care homes was amazing. The sessions were well received and there was a lot of chatter, lots of laughter. The voluntary agencies were overwhelmed by interest from everybody and the afternoon extended into the evening, finishing after seven when we just had to stop. So the feedback from the event was that patients and carers wanted to continue to meet. From the practice perspective, we hit our COF targets, but the nurses felt they needed more specific dementia training. We found that following up or chasing up people who hadn't attended was a really good way of finding out who was reaching a tipping point. And so it was successful. It only cost a bit of administrative time to set up. A rep provided the refreshments and we had volunteers to serve um, the cakes. And following on from this, uh, we were successful in a bid for funding for a quality improvement project from Health Education England. Um, we found that the pivotal part of Mission De Dementia was a memory cafe linked to the practice. And so we've been running a memory cafe now for two years. Uh, the numbers have increased steadily and we now host 30 to 40 people at our monthly session. Wow. So tell me, um, for somebody who hasn't been to one, what, what is a memory cafe session? Okay, so due to the numbers, we had to host a memory cafe at the church hall because there wasn't enough room in the surgery. 
As the lead nurse for dementia in the practice, I organise and attend the session, but I'm supported by a team of volunteers as well as the voluntary agencies and our local care homes and care providers. So the patients are welcome when they arrive and we all have name badges. The tables are laid out around the room and mostly people stay with friends that they've made at different meetings. But if there's anybody new, we always try and sit them with somebody we feel they'll get on with. Denley is a small community, so most people know each other anyway, but perhaps interestingly didn't know that they were coping with dementia as well. Mm. So the homemade cakes are the big attraction, and we either serve them at the table or encourage them to go to the hatch to, to get tea and coffee. And I've noticed over the years that some of the men tend to migrate to the hatch, and you see them standing there as if they're chatting at the bar. <laughs> so we have two tables set up in a quiet corner of the room where the dementia care and support is available. So it's, it's useful, excuse me, as often carers can just wander over and have a chat, whereas on the phone, it's not always convenient to talk. Or even on a home visit, the person with dementia might be there again, making it difficult to really say what you feel. So most people stay for the 90 minutes that we run for, but we're happy for people just to drop in for a bit of advice and support. And we also have people in the community just coming in if they've got concerns about friends and neighbours too. So once everyone's had uh, an opportunity to chat and enjoy their cake, we either have a fun activity or an inf informative one. We've had everything from singing in rounds with an a cappella choir to looking at assistive technology from Argenti. Quizzes are really popular and the group are immensely competitive. And throughout the whole session, the volunteers and professionals join each table to see how everyone's managing. And I always return to the surgery with a, a to-do list it might be referring to adult services to take a break or organising a urine test. I have a very good working relationship with the older people's mental health team as well, and, and it's quite useful for them to know how people behave in a perhaps a more relaxed and normal environment. Okay. And so if I kind of challenge you on it to nail down, what, what are the benefits? How would you describe those? Well, the support between members of the group is really good to see, and they're often able to come up with solutions to problems between themselves. Uh, the friendships they've made have continued outside of the cafe setting and during this pandemic that's proved really useful. Um, every month we supply news, a news sheet which lists anything happening in the community that may be of interest as well as the date and theme of the next meeting and telephone numbers. So staff from the care homes and the care agencies who, who support us have been able to take some of the fear factor out of care packages and long-term care. Talking with people who work in these settings and understanding what happens alleviates concerns and helps people get those future planning conversations started. Mm -hmm. So they may not need this now, but when they do in the future, they're more familiar with the concept and what's involved. Mm -hmm. Voluntary agencies found the cafe useful because they can, can support more people over a shorter period of time and people in the community know where they are and where to find them. From the surgery perspective, having a nurse involved in the memory cafe is a really justifiable use of time. I get to see our patients regularly in a relaxed setting over time, and so I can pick up on those subtle changes in their health or emotional stress, which can be dealt with promptly. This reduces unnecessary consultations at the surgery, and even better, still, it avoids small problems being ignored that present later as a crisis. If all the people who attended the cafe wanted an appointment, it wouldn't be sustainable, but keeping me on the radar is effective for the patients, the carers and the surgery. Again, we follow up people that don't attend. And again, that's a good way of, of identifying those that are getting to a tipping point. 
I think a really lovely outcome has been carers coming back to the group when the person they care for has died. Um, so they can offer support to others as well as remaining involved with the people they've come to know. I think we're aware that people can't or don't want to attend. There will be some people that don't want to attend memory cafes. Um, and COVID-19 has provided an unexpected opportunity to address this. In the absence of our usual meetings, we chat on Zoom with continued support of Dementia UK and Andover Mind and offer further support by phone. Members of the cafe have been keen to link with others and offer each other support. It's difficult to decide who the best person in general practice is to support this initiative. Um, and in fact, Exeter University are exploring it through the um, DPAC study, which is the Dementia Personal Line Care Team. I feel that if someone has an interest, whether it's a nurse, healthcare support worker or a social prescriber, they should just give it a go. Okay, so there's some flexibility there in, in who might run this. So that's great. Definitely. And I'm going to ask a kind of killer question about this is how has this all been funded? And how okay. much does it cost to, to run something like this? Well, there is a small cost for the hall. So we've got around that by asking for voluntary donations for refreshments. And this um, more than covers the cost now, although it was a little bit um, not quite so easy to begin with. So a small amount of money to initiate um of the group is useful and a committee to support it to go forward as well would be useful. We've had donations from Waitrose, Asda, other community groups and that's enabled us to throw Christmas parties and it's ensured the future of the groups as well. Okay great so let's say I'm now an average practice I'm in the current climate I don't have any kind of dollops of funding to do this if if I wanted to set this up then and where would I actually start and how many staff members would be needed and, and what kind of staff members would be needed? Okay so looking back on our experience I would suggest surgeries engage support from their patient participation group as well as people living with dementia and their carers and the voluntary agencies uh, there may be local support to run a memory cafe, in which case it's just one member of the surgery team that it needs to be released for a couple of hours a month. Obviously, the dementia reviews have to be done as well, and it's just with a bit of thought they can be made far more effective. And, and we asked Ardens if they could change their national template, and they have, and they've added um, details to providing a more biopsychosocial approach as well. Um, we give uh, our patients a, an information pack um, and this includes um, who they consent for us to discuss medical information with, how to apply for attendance allowance and council tax reductions, where to start to make a will and lasting power of attorney, and whether or not they have emergency care plan in place. So in essence, starting those future care planning conversations early. Uh, the metrics are recorded during the consultation um, and they're added along with any issues and recommendations we make. The next page is lists what's available in the community, including our memory cafe, film clubs, support cinemas and theatres, provide suitable exercise classes, etc. And this is constantly updated. Uh, we've worked with Hampshire Constabulary to put in place a missing person protocol, which we encourage people to complete. And our hospital has a version of the Alzheimer's Society. This is NEFORM, which we encourage people to complete in case of hospital admission. Wow, there, and and this sounds like a real feel-good project, um, and and there's a potential that it kind of comes across as cherry on the top type work. But do you think this actually makes financial or business sense for a practice as well? Yes, I do. I think mission dementia is transferable, it's sustainable, and in fact, I think that only by general practice taking ownership of dementia from pre-diagnosis to end of life. Um, 
coordinated the complex care that's required to manage this disease is the only way to cope with the predicted exponential um, rise in prevalence. After all, we can't discharge our patients unlike other services, so they're going to be staying with us. Um, the people living with dementia and their carers are on the radar, but they're not in the surgery. So whilst we continue to refer out to the voluntary agencies and secondary care, we're now getting information back, creating more coordinated care and avoiding duplication as well. Um, being aware of small changes and taking prompt action can reduce unnecessary and emergency consultation. And being able to target patients who are reaching a tipping point can potentially save emergency admissions too. The cafes themselves provide an opportunity for fun, laughter, reducing social isolation, but also providing information and support and an understanding of how and why um, to plan for the future while people still have capacity. I mean, the hope is that people, um, more people with dementia will die in a place of their choosing, giving relatives some comfort and closure. There's so much more to do, but um, and we've recently applied for funding um, for a collaborative project with the NIHR, working with Dementia UK and our health services, social care, charities, but most importantly, patients and carers. Wow, thank you. And of course, at the moment, this sounds a lot like it hinges around the memory cafe and people being in the same room together. And, and that's something that we can't do at the moment. Um, and, uh, and I'm wondering, what, what do you do without the, uh, without the vital ingredient of cake? How have you adapted to, to the current COVID climate? Well, I might often make a cake and actually show it on our Zoom meetings, but certainly the current pandemic has been a bit of a challenge to current working practice, but it's, there is things to be learned from it. And as we all saw during the VE Day celebrations, older people have embraced technology and were happily recording their stories through the various online platforms such as Zoom. Um, so we started a virtual memory cafe, but before it was up and running, I had some great help from Rachel, Rachel Niblock, who runs the Dementia Engagement and Empowerment Project, and they've run virtual support groups for quite a lot of time now and also hold support sessions for facilitators. Um, so as part of my role in looking after dementia patients in our new way of working, I've been calling patients on the phone on our Bride Dementia Register, uh, asking if they're okay and if they want to join our virtual memory cafe. There's been a lot of in interest, but the uptake has been limited due to owning technology and being able to use it to join a meeting, which has been a source of great frustration. We now have a core group of about 10 or so patients and carers that join us on a weekly rather than monthly basis. So that's a benefit we can run more often. Um, the group felt they just wanted to chat. Uh, they didn't want a theme session, but they did welcome support from Dementia UK and Overminds and also from the practice. I think there's huge potential to expand this to more patients, carers, particularly people with early onset dementia and those who've been recently diagnosed. And I found on the FutureLearn website there's award-winning courses about dementia designed for carers. And I think this would provide a fantastic opportunity for people to learn at their own speed. And it would be brilliant to be able to run a local forum to discuss what they've learned and share this with others as well. Uh, there are endless possibilities and ex-university who are running the DPAC project have applied uh, for funding. They should know within the next few weeks if they've been successful and we have been in discussion with them and there's a possibility we've been able to work with them and, and, and over mind on this as well. How exciting. 
Well, I think I think there's potential not only for dementia, but also a number of other long term conditions that this might be something where patients offer each other supports, but also that the surgery can can do things and potentially there's a bit of overlap with uh, group consultations as well. Um, so I, I know this time is very challenging, but I think it does offer great opportunities for us to work very differently and and patients uh, where they can have moved really fast as well with technology um, and it may be that some of these people who haven't got technology at the moment perhaps again they, they might choose as this goes on that, that they or family members view this as something of a priority to, to get them to allow to connect um, with, with the outside world so thank you so much Kim uh, for your time today that was really really helpful um, and we wish you much luck uh, as you move forward in this and long may it continue oh, thank you Laura Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice <laughs>